This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Is everybody awake? Hey, do you know why you're here this morning? Huh? Everybody know why you're here? You want me to help you with that? We're here to hear from God, right? And when we hear from God, it inspires our faith. It does something to our faith. And then we can really begin to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us when we live by faith. You know, over and over in the scriptures, we're, we're encouraged to live by faith, walk by faith, we're to please God by faith. And so it's, to, it's a faith life. And, but you can't live a life of faith without living a life that's rich in the Word of God. So it's important that we hear God's Word on many different subjects, on many different lines that, that we have to deal with and we have to walk through on a daily basis. And so today we're beginning a brand new series that we're calling Rich for Good. Everybody say it with me. Say Rich, rich. for Good. And um, I believe this is going to be very helpful for, for all of us um, really because of some times that we're about to come into. You know, several months ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart that there was a of course, he didn't have to speak it to me because it's in the Word, but he said there's, there's coming some very difficult time to our nation. And it's along many lines, but, but financially, there's coming a very difficult time. Economically, there's coming a very difficult time. But, but we're not to fear at all. If you're a believer, you should not, there shouldn't be one ounce, one shred, one vestige of fear in your life about this because you belong to him you belong to him and so this morning i woke up it was probably i don't know two thirty, three o'clock and the lord was just dealing with my heart about some things and and uh he he said to my heart that there's a financial downturn coming to our nation and then i started noticing i i just i got on got on the internet and i was looking and i noticed where some of the biggest economists in, in our land, they are predicting that there's about just the bottom's about to drop out. And, you know, it's just like it was in 2008, home prices and the way they were doing mortgages and set up everybody up for failure, thought it looked good. And, and, but he said, there's, going, there's a financial downturn, but we are not, everybody say, we are not, we are not. to fear. We're not to dread this. And let me just say this, it is not to affect as a believer, it is not to affect us. Matter of fact, he said this to me. He said, I don't just want you to survive. He's talking about you believers. I don't want you to just survive this. I want you to thrive all the way through this. I don't want you to just survive it. I want you to thrive in it. And it reminded me immediately, reminded me of Isaac. And it said that he went down to Egypt and he sowed and where he planted his seed in that land, and Egypt was going through this great famine at the time, and nobody's growing crops, there's been no rain, and, and yet Isaac goes down and he begins to plant his seed, and everybody's probably looking at him like, what in the world are you doing? We're, we're in a famine, we've been in famine for years now, and you're actually planting seed? And the word says in that same year he received a hundredfold off of, you know, from his, his crops. And he did it in a time of famine. And so the Lord just told me, we're not just supposed to survive this as believers, as Christ followers, as faith people, 
we are to thrive through this. In other words, it's like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into that fiery furnace, and they came out, and it says there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. I mean, can you, you be, you're thrown in the fire, and you come out, and, and they say, somebody said, where have you been? Oh, I've been in the fire. Well, you couldn't be in the fire. You don't even smell like fire. You don't smell like smoke. You don't look like you've been burned. And, and then it reminds me of, you know, the children of Israel when, when God was bringing judgment on, on Pharaoh and, and he's bringing judgment on the Egyptians. And it says, but in the land of, you know, there where the Is- children of Israel were dwelling, there was, it was night, it was dark. There was no light in the land of Egypt, but in the land of Goshen, right next door, it was light. So they couldn't even see their hand in front of their face, you know, we're in Egypt, but right next door, I mean, it was, it was light. How does God do that? I don't know, but I know this. He is on our side. God is on our side, and he, just, he doesn't want us to survive. He wants us to thrive through this. And so the purpose of the message today and in the next few weeks, and I, you know, I didn't see this coming. I didn't know the Lord was going to say this to me, but it's really to stir our faith. It's really to prompt our faith and cause our faith to come up in God in God in a specific area of our life. And it has to do with our finances and our our financial well-being. And uh, I believe it's going to help us. So I want to pray for you. Then I want us to get into the Word. Father, I thank you so much that that you are here with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Even when it seems like the earth has been forsaken, even when it seems like the nation has has been forsaken. You will never forsake, forsake your people. You will never forsake your church. You're always with us. You're, you're always for us. And, and Lord, I just thank you that today you will encourage our faith. You will inspire our faith for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice this. Uh, before I get there, let me, let me tell you a story. There was this man, very wealthy man, and uh, <clears throat> this man just loved money. He just loved money. How, how many of you know right away that's a problem? Yeah. The Bible says the love of money is what? It's the root. It's the, it's the root of all evil. It didn't say money was the root of all evil. The love of it, this insatiable hunger for money and stuff and possessions is the very root of all evil. So this man, he just loved money and Man, he, he, he spent a whole lifetime accumulating money, and, and he loved money just about more than he loved anything else or anyone else, including his wife. And so he told his wife, and he made her promise that, hey, when I die, I want you to bury my money with me. I want you to bury my money with me. And, and so finally, after days and days of talking to her, she finally promised, okay, when, when you die, I'm going to bury that money with you. And so, you know, the day came, and, and he died, and... And they were out, out there at the, you know, at the cemetery, and she had her best friend sitting next to her, and she had this box in her lap, and, and the undertakers, they came, and they, and, you know, right before they, they closed the casket, she said, wait just a minute, and she got up, and she took that box, and, and her friend said, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, well, he made me promise that when he died to bury his money with him. So I'm going to honor his request, and I promise, so I, and I'm going to honor his request. And so she went over there, and she put the box in the casket, and they, they closed the casket and locked it down. And her friends looking at her said, what did you do that for? She said, I promised him I would leave him. I would, I would bury his money with him. So I wrote him a check, and I put it in this box. And <laughs> so, uh, hey, how many of you know you can't take it with you? 
Is that right? You, you, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can send it on ahead. And Paul writing to Timothy, which was his protege and his son in the faith, and Timothy also happened to be a very young pastor, very young. And uh, so Paul, he, he wrote him a letter, and he was telling him in this letter how to be a good pastor. And so I figured if, if, if Paul's letter to Timothy was to show him how to be a good pastor, I could do the same thing, and it'd make me a good pastor too, if I, if I taught the same thing. So he's writing to Timothy in verse 17. He says, teach those, and so he's, he, he's, telling, him, he's telling Timothy what to teach on. And he says, teach those who are rich. Everybody say rich. In this world, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. So he's, he's talking, he says, teach those who are rich. So this is what I know. Let me just stop right there. Uh, what I know right now is about half of you just checked out. You, you just checked out because you said, well, this doesn't apply to me. And so you're going to talk to me about being rich, and I'm not rich. But, so we have this idea, and we want to check out on this because we don't see ourselves as rich. That's for somebody else. And this is what I also know. There's people in here, you would like to be rich, but you would never admit to anybody else that you would like to be rich because you think it would be wrong to desire to be rich. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but there's people in here. You said, yeah, secretly, I would, I'd like to be rich. I mean, you daydream. You daydream about it. You say, I'd like to be it, but I would never admit to anybody that I'd want to be rich. Never. And then there's uh, some in here, you want to be rich, but you don't see how you ever could be rich. You don't have the education. You, you don't have the breaks that somebody else had, and so you don't see any way that you could be rich. And then there's some in here, uh, you're just thinking, I shouldn't even use that word in church, the word rich. You say, Pastor, you, I don't, this is church. You shouldn't be talking about rich in church. I mean, we're not here. We don't want this we don't want any of this world's earthly goods. We just want to be spiritual. We just want, we want to be spiritual. We don't want to talk about rich. We, we're, we're supposed to be spiritual. We're supposed to be getting something spiritual. Did you know that your money and your possessions and what you do with your money and possessions, by the way, I'm not pulling for an offering. We're not going to even mention offering today, but... Uh, your money and possessions and what you do with it are more spiritual than what you may realize. There's a direct connection between your spirituality and how you deal with money and possessions. Absolutely. Jesus said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus talked more about money and possessions about than he did anything else. Why? Because it has such a, it's, it has the potential of being our God. It has the potential of taking the place of him. That's why he said, he said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud. Yeah, them, them rich people, they always proud. Those rich people are. 
Well, I've seen proud poor people too. How many of y'all seen proud poor people? He said, uh, and tell them and teach them not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. And how many of you know that our trust should be in God, whether we see ourselves as rich or not, where should our trust be? In God. In God. Their trust should be in God who richly, there's that word again, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. Tell them to use their money to do good. Is it important how you use your money? Is it important what you use your money for? Absolutely. Tell them to use their money to do good. Man, I, I could take off on that right now. What we enable, what we finance, what we give to, what we support, is a deal with God. It, it makes a difference to God. What did he say? Tell them to use their money to do some good. To do good. Well, I guess if you could use your money to do good, you could also use your money to do bad. Or you could just sit on your money. You know, get all you can. Sit on the can. <laughs> get, all, get all you can. Can all you get. Sit on the can. They may do nothing with it. Or you could use your money to do bad with. So tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So look, you can't take your money with you, but you can send your money ahead of you. He said you can store up for yourself a good foundation for the time that to come so that you can lay hold on eternal life. He's not talking about when you get to heaven. He's talking about when future things come and there's downturns, you're stored up for yourself. You, you put your seed out there. You put something out there that you can draw on in a time of need. Isn't that good? So aren't you glad you've been given all these years and you've been doing stuff for the kingdom all these years? Why? Because you've got a good foundation. You've got something stored up. You've got seed planted, right? That's going to produce and it's going to come up in the right season and at the right time, right? And so you say, well, I don't know that I've ever done that. Hey, you can get started. But I said, I wasn't going to talk about an offering. I'm not going to talk about an offering, but we are going to get our faith stirred this morning. Okay. So he, he's talking about teaching those who are rich. Now, some of you say, well, I, I'm not rich. Let me just say this. 
if, if you're in here and you have a household income, this is a household income of $48,000 a year. You say, well, I don't. Okay, but just listen. If you're in here and you have a household income of $48,000 a year, your income is higher than 95% of the world's income. So 95% of the rest of the world would look at you if, if you had a household income of $48,000 a year and say, you're rich. They would say, you're rich. Well, let me ask this. You probably don't feel rich. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it, it seems like no matter how much money we make, we never want to admit when we're rich that we have enough. And so if you made $100,000 a year, you probably not. I'd like to make a little bit more. It's all relative, right? And so he's talking about teaching this. Teach these rich people. Teach these rich people. Teach these rich people not to be proud. And you know what everybody in here ought to be thinking right now? We ought to be thinking to ourselves, yeah, I better watch that. I better watch that pride. You say, well, he's not talking to me. He's talking to rich people. Well, let me ask you this. Is it God's will for you to be rich? Amen. Some of you are not quite sure how to answer it. <laughs> it's all right. We're going to help you along. We're going to, and I just got a lot of scriptures we're going to read through today. We're going, we're going to help you along. Is it God's will? Now, you know, manners matter. Y'all know that? Motive also matters. It's important for us to have the right motive. It's important to have the right motive. In other words, if, you know, if your motive is, I'm going to be rich so I can get this, and I can get this, and I can get this, and I can buy this, and I can do this, and I can live this, well, then we got a motive problem. There, there's a real motive part. So, well, Pastor Chuck, I came to hear the Word of God today. I think that's in the Scriptures right there, right there. This is the Word of God. Well, let's, you know, here, here's some spiritual stuff. This is spiritual stuff right here. Jesus came to preach the good news to who? The poor. So I said, well, the good news to the poor, they could be saved. Why didn't he just, I mean, that's for everybody. That's whether you're poor or rich or somewhere in between. The good news that Jesus came to forgive sins and save is for everybody. But there's also a good news to the poor. What's, what would be good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor no more. I understand. I, I understand that. You, you, you say, here's the deal. There's been centuries of doctrines of devils that has convinced the people of God that it's not necessary and it's not God's will for us to be blessed financially or materially. Look, I've been pastoring for almost 25 years. And one thing that I've noticed is that the enemy will fight people, fight people to keep them sick 
and to keep them broke. And if the devil can beat you and he can, and he can keep you sick and he can keep you broke, guess what? Your effectiveness for God in the kingdom of God, I'm not going to say it won't be nothing, but it will be severely limited. If you can't go because you don't, you're not physically you can't go, and if you can't go because financially you can't go, guess what? It, it'll severely limit what God can do. And that is not the will of God for anybody in here. He wants you to be full of strength, full of life, full of health, and full of money so that you can do for something for the kingdom of God. And I know you can go on the internet right now and you can, and you can find stuff and you, you, can, you can just type in prosperity preachers and you're going to see all kinds of junk and, I mean, people talking about that health and wealth gospel. Let me ask you, what kind of gospel do you want? You want a broken, sick gospel? Now, I can't wait to get into some things next week, and, I, and I'm like chomping at the bit to get into it this week. I mean, we're going to interview some folks. We're going to interview Abraham. He's coming to church next week. We're going to interview Isaac. We're going to interview Jacob. We're going to interview David. They all come to church, and they're going to tell us what kind of God they serve. They're going to tell us what kind of God they served. All right? So you might not want to. I mean, you say, well, I'd like to meet Abraham. You better come because he's going to be here. He's going to be standing right here next to me. Okay. So what is the will of God for you? We'll get into that next week. So anyway, I want to get into it so bad, but I can't. Third John chapter 2. I mean, 3 John, verse 2, one chapter in 3 John. Verse 2, he says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects, in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Let me say this. Prosperity begins on the inside of you and I, in the way that we think. Prosperity doesn't begin in your checking account. Prosperity doesn't begin in the way you feel in your physical body. Prosperity physically, materially, financially begins on the inside of you in the way that you think. As a man thinks, so is he. Your thinking will produce your believing, which will produce your actions. So it's important that we think right. we got to think right. You know, I, I've read studies and I've seen some documentaries on people who have won lotteries. I mean, millions of dollars. Just won millions of dollars with the lottery. And, and they were, you know, some people who won it, they were, they were poor. They were, they were broke when they, they won it. And so they won the lottery. And then they went back a few years later and they checked on them. And they'd lost everything. I mean, lost, gone through millions of dollars in just a matter of a few years. Why? 
the way they think. And then, you know, I've seen interviews with people who they've had, they've had fortunes and lost them either through a, a, a bad mistake or a, a bad business deal or just something, a downturn in the economy, and, and they lost everything. And then you go back and check on a few years later, and they got everything back. How's that? The way they think. The way they think. If you want to change your life, you've got to change the way you think. That's Romans 12, too. And so prosperity begins on the inside of you in the way that you think. And the only thing, you see, there's folks in here, you've got stinking thinking. Your thinking stinks. And I've got some thinking that stinks. And the only thing that's going to change our thinking is God's Word. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how are you going to get your mind renewed? You've got to get your mind renewed by what God said. And so God said, I want you to prosper. I pray that you prosper in all respects. I, I, I pray that you would prosper in every way. I, I, God said, I want you to prosper in every way, in all respects, in every area of your life. Physically, I want you to prosper. Materially, financially, I want you to prosper. And people don't like to hear this in church, but Paul told Timothy, who was a pastor, teach this. And you know who doesn't want it taught? The devil. He does not want it taught. He is the God of this world. And he wants to tie up this world's resources. He wants to put his tight fist around this world's resources, and he would be pleased if you had nothing. Yes. Some of you think, well, he must be pretty pleased then. <laughs> hey, it doesn't have to stay that way. But it's not going to change by us wishing. Well, I just wished, I wished this and I wished that, and I'm going to change by wishing. I just wish somebody, it's not going to change with you getting your eyes on somebody. Somebody just give me a break. You got your faith in the wrong place. What do you say? Tell them don't put their trust in money. Tell them to put their trust in God. Who, who richly gives us all things to enjoy. Who's going to give it? God is. Prosperity, the, the word prosper, the word prosper, it means to enjoy good success. That's what it means to prosper. Prosperity means to enjoy good success. It means to have a successful journey. It means to make it to the end. If you made it to the end, you would say that my journey was prosperous. And you bring that over into the financial realm. To prosper, it means that, of course, you're, you're, you have good success in your finances. It, you make it 
to the end. Now, this is, this is a rhetorical question. Nobody raised their hand on this. I just want you to think about it. How many of you are living from paycheck to paycheck? Don't make grunts. Don't raise your hand. If your paycheck doesn't make it to the end of the pay period, in other words, you run out of money, and you're eating, you know, eight-day-old chili or something, trimming the mold off the bread, that is not prosperity. You did not make it. Your check did not make it to the end. That is not prosperity. Now, let, anybody that wants to can raise their hand on this. Anybody ever been there before where your check just didn't make it? Was that a blessing to you? <laughs> Is that a blessing? I mean, does that give you warm fuzzies on the inside? No, what's it do? It causes strife in your house. It causes turmoil in the house. You can't sleep at night. And guys, that is not the will of your father. That is not the will of God for you. And I'm not just saying these all just are, are spiritual principles that we have in place. or spiritual things that need to be in place. There's natural things that need to be in place. I tell you what, it is, it is a lot better. It is a lot better that, to live off of last month's income instead of just trying to time your bills to your paychecks. It's, I mean, it's a peaceful, easy feeling when you're living off last month's income. You know, our church operates like that. Today's offerings doesn't go to pay for this week's bills. We're living off last month's. And there's spiritual principles involved, but there's also natural principles involved. But I don't care what you do naturally. We got to have the spiritual things implanted in us because there will be difficult times. And you'll know, you need to know who to look to, and you'll have, you have to have confidence to look to him. You'll have, have to have faith to look to him. And that's what we're trying, that's what we're attempting to do right now. Get faith in us. Get us stirred up, get our faith inspired in God who richly gives us all things to enjoy. Y'all like that? So prosperity means to, it means to be successful. It means to make it to the end. In Joshua 1.8 it says, it says this, this book of the law or this word of God shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. How many of you know what's important? What comes out of your mouth? Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth leaks. Your mouth speaks. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. So it's important what comes out of our mouth. And so he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you and I are supposed to be talking the word of God out loud. We're supposed to be saying the word of God out loud. How often? 
day and night. It's supposed to be a part of our everyday conversation. We're supposed to be talking the Word of God. He said, that it shouldn't, don't let it depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it. Now, meditate, it doesn't mean sit like Buddha and, you know, with your hands up and doing some kind of goofy chant. It means to mutter the Word, to mutter it to yourself. Say it to yourself. So you say it to yourself. Say it, you say it, you say it, you talk it, you speak it. That's what meditate means. Meditate it, meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. How many of you want that? I mean, you, 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 want, you want to make your way prosperous. You want to have good success. But notice what he said you got to do. He said this book of the law has got to stay in your mouth. You got to meditate. You 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 got to say it. So, <clears throat> one way that we we change our thinking is by meditating on the Word of God. Now, what I want to do this morning, and, and we're going to close with this. If I gave you something to do that would change everything in time about your finances for the good. Would you do it? If I gave you something this morning, do this. I mean, some of you, you would you'd put more faith in the doctor. If the doctor said, you take this pill two times every day for 10 days, man, you're going to put it on your calendar. You're going to set reminders for it. You're going to see that you do that every, I mean, you're going, you're going to see that what well, the doctor said, do this, do this, and do this. And I was telling that your financial advisor, not me, but God will say, if you'll do this, this, and this, and you'll do it for as long as I tell you to do it, things will change. So if I gave you something to do, and not me, but just from the word of God, if I were to give you something to do just for one week, would you do it? If, if, it if, if I told you that it would change your finances? Some of you are not sure if you would or not. but So let me talk to the six of you who say yeah. All right? Matter of fact, why don't you six just come sit right here. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Man, this is, this is awesome. I encourage you to read chapter 8 and 9, but notice this verse 8 and 11. It says, and God is able, everybody say God is able, to make all grace, you don't, you don't need to read that part, I'm going to read it. And then he amplifies it, every favor and earthly blessing, God is able to make all grace. Now this grace he's talking about is every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always and under all circumstances, and this is a picture of what prosperity looks like. This is a picture of what rich looks like. Scriptural rich, biblical prosperity looks like this. He said, so that you always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, you're self-sufficient. Possessing enough that requires no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. 
He goes on to say, you're going to be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Now I want you to notice what he said. And this is, this is what prosperity looks like. This is what rich looks like. Rich looks like you have more than enough. That's what rich means. It means more than enough. I mean, your needs are taken care of, and then you've got plenty left over to do what? Enrich someone else. In other words, let me say it like this. God enriches you so that you can enrich others. God will enrich you so that you, in return, can enrich someone else. He told it to Abraham like this. He said, I've blessed you, and I will make you a blessing. So God enriches us so that we can enrich someone else. So this is, this is what we need to do this week. I want you to meditate on this verse of Scripture right here. I mean, just you got it in your notes, so you won't forget it. Meditate on this verse, verse of Scripture and then personalize it where it says, and God is able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to you. Say, come to me. It comes to me in abundance so that I always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, I'm self-sufficient, possessing enough that requires no aid or support. I'm, a, I'm furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donations. You said, Pastor Chuck, how's that going to help my finances? Because it's going to help your thinking. It's going to help your thinking. Some of you think broke. You act broke. Look, you can, you can be broke, but you don't have to act it. You can be broke, but you don't have to talk it. You can be sick, but you don't have to go tell everybody. Man, that's good preaching. I might come down there and preach. You, just because you feel it, just because it seems like it, just because your, your bank account's in red, doesn't mean you have to act like it. You don't have to put goofy bumper stickers on your car. I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. Then everybody, ah, that's not funny. Not for a child of God, it's not funny. It's not God's will for you. It's not his will for you. That's the devil's will for you. That's Satan's will for you. He wants you sick, and he wants you broke, and he wants you tired, and he wants you where you can't do anything. That's what he wants for you. God wants to bring you up. He wants, and it's the good news, the full gospel, the full good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to get into it. I, I, I'm, going, I'm going to show you next week, but you've got to do this first, but I'm going to show you next week that the same redemptive language, the same redemption that saved you from your sins, that same redemption provided healing for your body. That same redemption provided a way for you to prosper financially and materially. The same thing, the same redemption. I'm going to show it to you clearly. And you're going to walk away and you're going to say, and nobody could beat it out of you with a bat. Now, I know good, well, there's people saying, well, 
Pastor Chuck, talking about being rich. It's not God's will for all people to be rich. Well, then it's not God's will for all people to be saved. Or healed. Because the same price was paid. The same price was paid. The same exact price was paid. Now, I've got to show this to you because somebody won't even come back. Y'all so irritated right now, you won't even come back next week to hear the good news. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 8 9. I don't, I don't know if it is or not. I think it is. It says something. Let me, let me think. Oh, it says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is this it? 8 9? Can y'all put up 8, 9? I think that's it. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. But he's talking about spiritual. Read the verses, chapter 8 and 9. He's not talking about spiritual nothing. He's talking about them giving offerings. He's talking about them giving money. He's talking about them receiving from God. He's talking about their physical and financial needs being met. He's talking, he's talking financial material. He said Jesus became poor, just like he became sin so that through I mean, think of this. I'm trying to preach next week. I can't preach next week. I gotta, y'all got to do this. You got to memorize this verse right here. Meditate on it. Medita- I'm, every day. How, how often are you going to read this verse? Every day. Every night. Going to memorize it. That means you're going to have to go over it some. Every day and every night. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Right? He's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you always, under all circumstances, whatever the need, are self-sufficient, possessing, not, you know, not needing any support, any aid, but you're furnished in abundance unto every good work. Has God got good works for you? You know, Ephesians 2 says that he is preordained that you should walk in and do some good works some good works does God want you to do some good works let me pray for you because uh and I want to pray for three different people here not people but groups of people I want to pray for young people younger whether you're a teenager or a kid or barely married and and then because there's a great future ahead of you. If, you, if you'll if you get a hold of this, great future. I want to pray for those of you who, man, you're just, you're going through it right now financially. You, you, you might say, we need a miracle. I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for those, and man, this just really came to my heart in the last service. I want to pray for those you, you say, we're comfortable. We pay our bills on time. We tithe. 
We give offerings. We're comfortable. No problem. I want to pray for you. You say, well, we got enough. I want to pray for you and help you realize you don't have enough. Because there is something that God needs you for. There is a work that he needs you for. And you don't have enough to do what he needs you for. But he's opening up a stream and a river to come to you, for finances to flow into you, for increase to come to you. And I don't know what those works are. I don't know what the works are that he's going to have for you. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's for this church. I'm saying he's got something for you to do, good works for you to do. And he's going to open up the stream. He's going to open up the river. It's going to flow into you. And you're going to increase. You're going to increase. And so your need this morning is that you need to need God. <laughs> to do something in your life. Amen? Father, I, I lift up every young person, teenager, young married couple right now, Lord. Father, I ask that you would help them through your word to shape their thinking, shape their believing that they wouldn't believe the lie that so many of us believed in the past. But Lord, right now, while they're teachable and their hearts are soft, that you would just begin to pour in your truth and shape them. And may a confidence come up in them as you, as their provider. I thank you for it. Lord, that their thinking would always be that they are the blessed of the Lord. That they're blessed coming in and blessed going out, and they're blessed in the city, and they're blessed in the field, and they're the head and not the tail, and they're not coming behind. Father, I pray for those in here this morning who need a financial miracle. They're struggling. They're under it. They're hurting. They're in pain. There's strife in their house. There's fighting in their house. Lord, I ask that you cause your truth to rise up on the inside and dispel all that strife and all that hurt and all that fear. In Jesus' name, Satan, you're found out. We resist you and command you to cease in your operations and stop in your maneuvers and your tactics against these. You're a liar. And Father, I thank you that the revelation of your word just floods them as they're meditating on these truths, Lord, that, you're, that this truth just floods their heart with light. Father, I pray for those in here who are comfortable. You said that you've given us and you've pre-planned before the foundation of the, 
world good works for us to walk in and fulfill. And Lord, I just thank you that you increase us and you show us that we need to increase more and more. That you have something bigger, you have something greater that Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Much bigger than you realized. Much bigger. Kingdom impacting. Thank you, Lord. Father, they never saw it coming. They never saw it coming. But you've planned these things from before they were born. And right now, you open it up and they begin to see. They begin to see the potential and they begin to see the need. And because they're walking in the truth and walking in faith, the provision will come easily. It'll come easily to them. And they'll obey. In Jesus' name. If you're in here this morning, you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. He wants your heart before anything else. He wants your heart. If you've never given him your whole heart in your life, just lift your hand right now. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to make you stand, but just right where you are, we're going to pray for you. Anyone here, I'm looking across the room. I'm going to look one time. You don't want to leave here without Jesus. Anybody? All right. All right, everybody say it with me. Thank you, sir. I'll see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Good. Let's pray. Everybody say this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and change me forever. From this day forward, I'll follow you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me new life. Amen. Hey, church, let's give this young man a real big hand, all right? <laughs>